just going to try to not sing and see what happens. Stop getting sick. Stop losing my voice. Best <laughs> in-game adjustment I've ever made in my in my res career. I just dance. And just yeah. like make faces. No one notices. Yeah, I mean, you probably don't want to incriminate yourself too much. <laughs> you know? Dude, you know how, like, LeBron James has to, like, save energy throughout the game and he, like, will, like, walk back during free throws? That's, like, my energy conservation yeah. method. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a camp version of load management. Yeah, it's literally load management. <laughs> it's literally, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Um. Let's begin now. woke up this morning, and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look, Once again, everyone, welcome to the program. This is episode 14 of Breath of Fresh Life. Um, today, we got a very exciting topic that I'm looking forward to. We'll be uh, talking about music and kind of what that means for, for each of us. So I, su- I should say that uh, before we start, it is just me and Andrew today. Uh, no Brenna with us today, but we wish her uh, the best and wish her a very... Uh, Happy and healthy New Year! Is this most likely will be our last show for the New Year? Um, so uh, before I get going and bring in Andrew Blyden, just want to let you guys know that you can follow the uh, podcast on Twitter at Breath Podcast if you're so inclined. Um, and yeah, you could follow each of us on Twitter, I guess you know uh, if if you would like to. So I will bring in my uh, co-host for today, Andrew Blyden. Andrew, what's going on, man? Yeah, quick story here. Um, so back in the day in high school, we used to get people together, and we, you know, text some gals and see if they wanted to come and, and hang out with us. And they go, "So who are you with?" And then at that point, I have to determine very quickly who are the people that they most badly want to see. And so we would, you know, automatically say Ben because he was easily our best looking friend, and then secondly, Monty, our second best looking friend. Though that's up for debate these days, as Connor Ward's come pretty close to ramp on the top there. But long story short, uh, if you came here to see Brett O'Keefe, uh, sorry, <laughs> but uh, but we're excited to kind of to hop into it. Brett, you're missed, um, you're missed, you're missed, you're missed, um, and we, like you said, wish you a merry um, Christmas and New Year. And um, gee, we're gonna we're gonna hold it down and kind of just get after it today. Looking forward to. To really jumping into some some topics with you and um, for sharing a little bit of time this uh, this evening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brenna, we are definitely thinking of you and um, excited to have you back um, with our next episode. Um, so, as I said in the start, you know, a lot um, a lot of what or almost all of what we're going to talk about today is uh, music and kind of what that means for for each of us. Um, you know, as always with our podcast, you know, it's topics that we can always return to. So, you know, I guess I'll be curious when we do come around to this again and have, have Brenna with us and 
maybe someone else that will be able to get more in depth. But I am very excited because I think we are going to get pretty in depth today uh, with our topic. So um, I think it would make sense, you know, if we just go to the roots of where maybe how or where we started listening to music. You know, I think for me, it was a very early age, you know, things like uh, watching movies and, you know, hanging out in the backseat of cars and just listening to music uh, that your parents would, would allow you to listen to. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know about you, but I like tend to equate like music to certain cars because like that's how I started listening to music and listening on the radio. So my dad had an old like 90s red Toyota Corolla and it was like literally the oldest car ever. But like that was the first car that like I remember listening to music in. And then there are other cars, you know, have we've had Honda Odysseys a couple, you know, for 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 years, you know, and now with the the Chrysler and kind of that whole new you know, radio thing, you know, you can listen to Sirius XM and stuff, you know, my parents have not figured out how to use that, which, you know, it's fine. They, they don't need to, they're kind of challenged technologically, but that's fine. A little bit of shade being thrown up, kind of. Uh, what, what, what radio stations in said cars were most frequently played? Yeah, well, it was Kiss 108. I mean, like, that's pretty much all it was. Um, all throughout like my early life, that was like all we'd listen to. Um, you know, any of those, you know, Boston stations, Magic 106.7, I'm not even sure that that's a station anymore, or it might be, but uh, like, yeah, Kiss 108 pretty much was the whole thing. And so, you know, not surprisingly, I grew up, you know, listening to pop music and that kind of was my, you know, introduction to music, if you will, you know, and then sometimes, you know, they play the, quote unquote the inappropriate songs and so my parents would have to change it <laughs> do you remember any of those songs that were like specifically taboo that well were, were pretty changes? pretty much any eminem song yeah <laughs> pretty much any of those um trying... he was, i'm gonna tie him to the bed and put the house on fire that one always got changed in certain cars that was a quick change huh. um yeah, I mean, any of those songs or any any songs that just even sound like remotely inappropriate, it was like, click. And then that change would be to Magic 106.7? Yeah, probably, or, you know, whatever, you know, and then also the, the joke was like, oh, Jammin' 94.5, that's the song, that's the, that's the station with all the inappropriate songs. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, yeah, so it was interesting, like. You know, listening to, to pop music was pretty much my introduction, and that's kind of how I got started. You know, obviously there are some movies that have, you know, songs in or music in them. So like Toy Story is a great example. There's some, you know, songs in the in those movies, and it was like, oh, you know, kind of like those. But, you know, that's kind of where music started for me, I guess. Could you think of any sticky artists for you that like really stuck when you were younger, like in the pop space? Hmm, that's a good question because I feel like it was all over the place. I didn't really have like a one person. Um, it is funny. So, um, 
my brother all the time would have like CDs and, you know, I'd listen to them, you know, either by taking them by force or just, you know, listening to them for, you know, whatever reason, like, um, trying to think like, like Sugar Ray, for example, my brother had a Sugar Ray CD. I'd listen to that in the car all the time. A big thing for us was when we would go up to uh, Maine for vacation, we would just bring CDs with us and that's all we would listen to in the car. So Sugar Ray, the soundtrack from Shrek. Um, Fire soundtrack, by the way. Great soundtrack. Unbelievable soundtrack. Um, and then I think it was like fourth or fifth grade, I'd take, you know, the, the Walkman to school, like the big circular CD player, which like kids now have no idea what that is. They look at that and they're like, is that what the dinosaurs used? <laughs> And so big thing for that is uh, my brother had a good Charlotte CD. And so I'd listen to that all the time. And then was the first like, yeah. um, Transportable music carrier that you had. Right. And then I think you running that. What'd you say? What years do you think you were running a Walkman? Probably like 2005, 2006. And that's a hand-me-down from your older yeah. brother or that bought for you? No, that was a hand-me-down, yeah. So was he moving into, like, the iPod space? Was he was he getting upgraded? That's what I think, but I'm not positive. But I do remember getting, you know, hand-me-downs, like, iPod Shuffle. Like, I remember getting that. Or wait, mm-hmm. Nano. Why I get the two of them confused. No, the, the Nano was my older brother's, and then I, you know... Uh, came it came into it inherited it if you will oh for sure now now the nano and the shuffle a lot of those releases were like back to back i remember the classic came out breath and then it was like shuffle nano like it was like getting just jam remember also like the red one that came out for like clean water in africa yeah like the version of the nano so a lot of those kind of if my memory serves correctly were kind of just jam-packed on top of each other but the good thing about the Nano is it had a screen. You could you could navigate it. Right. Yeah, and so, I remember there were, like, games on it you could play. Brick. Yep. Oh, yeah, Brick. Holy cow, brick. that was... Oh, nothing's going on in my house. I don't have internet. I don't want to be with my family right now. Brick. Easy. <laughs> Easy. So, yeah, I would say me with the, the Walkman, my brother with the iPod, and then, you know, I inherited that when I got into, like, middle school. And so then middle school really was the first time that I was able to have music and songs on demand, if you will. Um, you know, but then there was still the parental advisory thing. And so my parents were like, oh, you can only buy the songs that are clean. I'm like, all right, well, there's no way you can tell that I'm doing that. So I'll just get the, 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 the not the explicit ones. Well, that brings in a great point right there, which is the fact that you purchased your music. Right. So you were a music purchaser. Yes. You remember if it was like 99 cents, did it get bumped up to 125, 199? It was 99 like from yeah. from the start, I think, and then went to 129. And then, you know, by the time it was at 129, you know, then I had the iPod Touch. And so I'm using the iPod for stuff not that's pretty much not music, mm-hmm. you know, and that that's a that was a game changer. Man, if I could ever write a paper that has no actual thing to support it, but man, at 99 cents, 
that was a pretty fair market price, I feel like. Yeah. And I feel we don't – now everything is streaming. Now no one buys music, or at least for what I know. But, uh, man, if it stayed at 99 cents, do you think we'd live in a world where where people are still buying music? I really don't know. Yeah. Because at 99, people were like, all right, like something's got to bring a change. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, so – um, and then one of the other things, another CD that I think I got for my birthday, someone got me a Will Smith Lost and Found CD. This is like Will Smith rap from like 2005. Um, so maybe that was my first official like peek into hip hop and rap, I guess. Um, but so, so you asked the question about like early stuff, like, I think in terms of hip-hop, like, Jay-Z was probably the first hip-hop artist that I kind of got onto, and that was, like, pre, like, slightly pre-middle school and then into middle school. Do you remember the song or the album? Believe it or not, so this is going to be wild because this is not, like, a typical Jay-Z song that you would think, but uh, there's a song that he does called Encore, and there was, like, a mashup with... uh, Lincoln Park. Park. That it was that song. <laughs> yeah, it was that song. It wasn't Ninety Nine Problems, Dirt Off Your Shoulder, any of those. It was that song. Yeah, that song is that. By the way, that song is awesome. Yeah. I've become so numb. I can't feel you there. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was pretty much the first song, and then I was like, "Oh wow, I really like this." Damn. Yeah, so big, big throwback for the people there. <laughs> yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay-Z, so Will Smith is the one that would like clear the parental supervision board as far as go or no go as far as appropriateness. I, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, Jay-Z is like the first person that really piqued your interest is for rap as a genre. Yeah. And you feel like once you got your hands on Jay-Z – I mean, obviously, it's not going to be as linear as this, but do you feel like Jay-Z was your transition away from pop into rap, or do you feel like pop kind of stayed with you, you know, up until today? Like, how did that transition kind of happen? Yeah, so, you know, believe it or not, the transition didn't really mark, like, a big change in my listening habits. It just was like, oh, okay, I like this, you know, and then in middle school throughout, you know, I'd listen to, you know, any kind of rap that was popular, so like Kanye West, with like graduation, college dropout, like stuff, stuff, stuff like that, that was coming out around that time. Um, but like, I still kind of stuck with the pop thing and, you know, I don't know. It didn't, I didn't really delve deep into hip hop and rap until maybe late in my high school career and then into college. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will say, you know, to the point that it, that it is right now, there's been like an like a explosion since I graduated mm-hmm. um, or even just the, the years, the year that I graduated 2018 to now, maybe. Because mm-hmm. um, rap is the driver right now, you'd say. Yes, your... absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for those of, for those that know me, that's pretty much exclusively, you know, my listening stuff. I might, you know, dabble into other things, you know. Believe it or not, I still listen to Sugar Ray every once in a while, <laughs> just to just to keep things interesting. And then you went from you'd say what years? What year do you think you moved from iTunes to Spotify? Uh, like, 
when did Spotify become your main point of of music? It was uh, it was at, it was some point in college. Okay. It was maybe halfway through college, or maybe uh, some some point in college, I started using it. The free version, or like the paid version, the premium. No, the the free version I started using in college, and then at some point it changed to premium. That maybe was a few years ago. Okay. But I started out using like the free version with the commercials. Uh huh. Um, and it, I loved it because it was like, oh wow, you know, you can choose to listen to any of these songs, and you don't have to pay for it. Any reason you liked it more than was it just what you got your hands on first, or did you prefer to Apple Music? Cause I remember Baptiste was using Apple Music back in the day. I don't know what he's doing now, but he was using Apple Music. Yeah. Well, I kind of would use both, and believe yeah. it or not, like I still kind of use Apple Music every once in a while. But it's not like huh. Apple Music, like you would think. It's like stuff from my iTunes. Oh. So it's like I don't really use Apple Music. I use what I have in like my saved iTunes thing if if you will mm-hmm. absolutely um, and that's just that you uh soundcloud did that ever get brought into your was that ever used as a tool for music for you not really i mean every once in a while it would be and it would be if i couldn't find a song on spotify or apple music or, I, or i'm like okay i'll go to soundcloud see if i can find it there absolutely and more often than not it was like some Drake song or some album song that wasn't in an album or anything. I'm like, all right, I need to, I want to find this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of leaked releases. Yes. And, um, random remixes and stuff like that. You would find. Yeah. On SoundCloud that was outside the, the, like the legal, like the legality to be on Spotify. Yeah. And I'm sure like some people will definitely know what I'm talking about here, but I would like go looking for, like a Drake song. I'm trying to think of like an example, but like, why would, would, you know, I'm still fly is a good one. Brand sh- new. All that, a lot of his like stuff that he just released, like any of the time and date stuff, like 5am in Toronto, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. But so like pe- people will understand this, that like you would go looking for a song and you would click on something on SoundCloud and think that it was the song, but it was like someone else doing like a cover or like something weird. And you're like, okay, wait a second, this isn't Drake, this is just some random person. Correct. Making the song sound like the song. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be careful in SoundCloud. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but I think, like, back then, like, SoundCloud wasn't really even, like, like, I don't know, people didn't really use it, but now I feel like people use it for, for everything. Oh, word. You know, SoundCloud. Or uh, po- like, podcasts. That's just from my experience, but I felt like people were like living on SoundCloud as their main provider, like at least like my senior, junior year, high school. But like now, I I can't think of anyone that's like, oh yeah, pull up this, uh, the SoundCloud link. Like I feel like everybody that is in my friend group, like yeah. or at least that I interact with on a day to day basis, that's in our age group, um, is all Spotify pretty mm-hmm. much. Well, I think that that's more. Uh, SoundCloud is more of like a podcast thing, is is, is what I meant. Huh. That's not really, a, like obviously people don't really use it for music, but like I know people that have podcasts that, you know, post it on SoundCloud, me, myself. You know, this podcast is on SoundCloud, so, you know. Why, did you, was there a reason why you went with SoundCloud over Spotify? Well, I'll be honest, I don't really know how to put stuff on Spotify. I'm kind of <laughs> behind the eight ball on that and... I kind of never figured it out. I mean, I, I'm sure I will at some point, but, you know. 
It just is. SoundCloud is just super easy to post stuff on there. Did not know. Did not know that there was more like barriers to, to Spotify. That's like very. And it's probably not weird. that crazy because I do know a lot of people that have podcasts that are on Spotify, and it can't oh, okay. be that difficult. But um, got you. Yeah. Did you ever? This is like a bit of a bit of a dovetail but did you did you ever like create music like did you ever like take up an instrument and band or anything like that no never never really nope ab- yeah absolutely not huh. did you ever want to no not at all nope not really anything i was interested in what about singing yeah no nope, not really anything that i ever wanted to do i mean the only time I've done it is at res, you know, on un, 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 unverified reports. Like for it to stay that way. A lot of, a lot of talent, a lot of talent show things in the, uh, in the queue. Yeah. You know, I'll keep, keep that at camp. That doesn't need to be talked about. Sure, sure, sure. But no, never really was something that I was interested in. It never was like, oh, I want to make music. I mean. I think like sometimes there would be like the you get you'd have an Apple product or a computer and like oh it would be cool to make a song with GarageBand but like <laughs> I never was like oh like I'm gonna go and spit some bars or like make some music. Sure, sure, sure. sure, sure. I, I I know that that's something that you did though. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You like... definitely took to that. <laughs> yeah, talking about things that we'd rather have buried, but uh, the the past is the past is the past. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. Was there, if you were to make music, was there anyone that you were like, oh, I want to make music just like this person? Like, was there anyone that you would have, like, jacked their style or their flow? No, because I just, like, never had an interest in making music. <laughs> Is there, so, but you, but you created a podcast. Like, you have a creative itch in you somewhere. Yeah, but that's more, that's more of, like, the sports knowledge in me. It's not really like a creative thing, I guess you could say. It's more of just like, it's more it's more of a sports thing, I guess. But I guess like I do have other interests and like do have kind of a creative mind for other things. Um, mm-hmm. But music kind of never really was. I feel like that's just something that you get from an early age and it just is always there. I feel like music, dance, like dancing, moving one's body and yeah. then like any type of... Um performing art so Mm -hmm. like you know whatever that would be i feel like those are all expressions of like some bottled up like you want to say something or you got some Mm -hmm. creativity or you want to like showcase something and i feel like the people that do that like i feel like some people just have like like when i think of like about like um uh honestly no great examples come to mind but like some people just have that in them you feel me um but that's interesting. But then the podcast thing, it's not really apples to apples. You're right, because it's like you really wanted to showcase or bring to the world like how much you knew about sports. It wasn't necessarily like this need to create. Um, yeah, you know, the most musically talented I was was playing the recorder in third grade. <laughs> that was uh, that that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. What about your brothers? Did either of your brothers play instruments growing up? My older brother played the trumpet in, uh, like, middle school. And we'd go to, like, we've got, like, went to, like, concerts and stuff. And that was just, you know, weird. 
No, not really. I did not do any like musical stuff. Huh. I'm glad I asked that question. I did not. That's. I would say like each each podcast we have like a bit of unique learning about each other yeah. or about like scenarios and definitely did not know that none of the Haydens took like a big interest in creating music in really any fashion. Yeah, I think that my older brother kind of did it just because it was something to do. Sure. You know, I do yeah. remember like going to concerts and he would have, you know, the trumpet in this case. And it was like, oh, we're going to see other people play music. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But like a native, I, th- I think, I mean, we could be wrong, but I think we were required through eighth grade to do some type of performing art. Huh. Huh. So, like, that's interesting. And a chorus from K or not K from fourth grade to eighth grade. Yeah, I don't think we ever had a requirement in Sudbury. Like, I knew that there were kids that did do chorus, did do band, but it was more of like a volunteer basis. Like, oh, you could do it if you wanted. Hmm, that's crazy. That that's a that's a big difference in curriculum. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, because um, for us, it's like either you're in band or you're in chorus. Check yeah. one of the boxes, and you will be attending maybe three times a week. Dang. Yeah. I mean, I do remember in middle school, you know, kids going to band in, like, homeroom. Hmm. And it was like, oh, so-and-so, they're going to band or, like, jazz band or some something like that. Yeah, if you were in jazz band, you were slinging it. Like, if you were any old any old cat, you could have been in band. But if you were in jazz band, you were, like, an alpha in the band community. <laughs> I never did jazz band, but those people could play. Wow. Yeah. True story. So in terms in terms of you, like when did 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 hip hop become like a big thing for you, or have you always like taken from other genres, or have like you always been focused on one? Yeah, that's a great question. So I mean, to go way way back, it would have been like age four, and uh, it actually would have been Don McLean American Pie. Would have been like the that there was a CD with uh, Don McLean American Pie, Brick House, She's a Brick. Yeah. And there's like a rap song with like this like 90s rap group and they're going back and forth. And um, that was my introduction to hip hop. I, to this day, never really could find what it is. But um, I mean, I really found hip hop when I was about seven or eight. Um, my, some of my neighbors started playing the game in 50 Cent. And mm. that was my introduction. And still to my day, to this day, some of my favorite rappers. And then that kind of got me into Eminem and mm. really all the big hip hop heads like from the age of like nine or ten i just mm. loved could not get enough of that stuff mm. um definitely the peak of my like rap phase had been like eight to eleven or so um mm. and i would write down the words i would memorize them i try to you know reciprocate them back or rap like i'd put them on youtube and like rap them in the background but then like someone would come home and i would like click out of it you know what i mean but uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like, wow. like like, you know how Jay-Z talks about, like, in Let Nas Down, how he would, like, write all the songs out? Like, when I first heard that, I'm like, oh, thank God other people did that. But um, I always had a little sticky brain for, for lyrics and stuff. So if I heard a song a couple times over, I'd, I'd have it committed. Mm-hmm. Big rap was just the coolest medium for yeah. me at that time. Don't, don't listen to too much rap now, but, um, yeah, that one definitely struck a big chord in me when I was younger. So a couple things that I thought of. So... 
when you mentioned this song, the She's a Brick House. <laughs> that, I'm pretty sure that that song is from, I'm pretty sure that song is from uh, Scooby-Doo, the, the live-action movie. And that's another movie that, like, actually has a soundtrack that's somewhat interesting. Um, oh, shoot. And then there was something else that you said that I thought was was interesting. Oh, yeah. So, like, when I would listen to hip-hop music, like, back in the day, even as late as, like, um, high school, I wasn't even really focused on lyrics necessarily. Or, you know, what, what someone is saying. And that's not really something that... I caught on to until maybe I was in college hmm. and then did start to like research about certain lines. Like I'd hear something like, wait a second, like, what does this mean? You know, what does this person mean when they say that, you know, what does this reference mean? Mm-hmm. And so I don't know that curiosity just somehow changed when I was in college. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. That's, that's, I mean, that's, that is an interesting fact that, at some point and what's crazy too is after college like when you started really digging into the lyrics that's when you said like that's my favorite time with hip-hop that's when i've been most invested that's when that's been my my main driver so you know that would be a note for someone who really is on the fence that's a listener that that's trying to get into hip-hop or you know specifically rap right Mm -hmm. you know really hammer down and, and um pull up rap genius and bar for bar go through what they're saying and try to understand their situation and Mm -hmm. Um, you might find that, you know, way more rewarding doing it that way. Yeah. Um, I would say that, like, one of the things that, like, I think drew us to each other, you know, at Rez, I think, was our our love for hip-hop and our love for Drake specifically. Um, You know, I think is part of the reason why we, you know, became so close and probably the reason why we're still really close. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, that is always special to me, like, you know, music, I think, means certain things to people. And, like, I think to me it means so much about, like, the connections to people or, like, life or stuff, stuff, like, stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my, I mean, I listen to Drake, like, you know, going way back, you know, sometime in middle school and, yeah. I remember Forever came out in eighth grade, and that song was like enormous. And I yeah. think that was Drake's like big reveal party, if you were to the world. Like he had a, I think he had like a mixtape a little way before that. Yeah. But um, really, I started like almost exclusively spin Drake my freshman year of high school. Mm. Um, that was right when Take Care came out. Yeah, and that album was probably the first album that cover to cover I could spin that all day long. 25 7 spin that album and i honestly still that's still one of my favorite albums take care and um and that was kind of where the the i got the bug and frankly um haven't lost the bug since that man's never made a bad song in his life and yeah. uh, like you said when you and i were both like drake and you were like drake that you know that was that was kind of lights out from there it's so funny because it was like I kind of feel like I joined the Drake party kind of late in the game, or I got the bug kind of late in the game, because um, mm-hmm. it was around when um, Nothing Was the Same came out, yep. and one of my friends in high school, like, he loved Drake, and, like, would constantly quote bars from from that album, and so I would just be like, okay, what the hell is he saying, you know, and that's kind of maybe where the research came in, I was yep. like, okay, like, what does this line mean, what does my friend mean when he says this? <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Let me expose some people here on this podcast. I think we're deep in enough that I can expose someone that might, might stay hidden. So my boys, D. Welch and Monty, were all together junior year in Mr. Hinningham's biology class. We're 17 years young. And neither of them were really messing with Drake that much. And this is when nothing was the same. Camp was coming out, and that's all I'm playing. All I'm playing, all I'm tweeting, all I'm saying, all I'm speaking on is that album. I mean, completely shifted the culture and completely shifted my entire friend group's trajectory. No cap. But, um... But yeah, that's what put them on to nothing was to, to Drake as well was nothing was the same. Um, I mean, that album was was a complete catalyst of of everything that kind of my friend group is now, and uh, was very formative as far as our attitude, our culture, what we believed in, and um, it was uh, it was um, like it was everything, man. Mm. I want to say like the first Drake song that I ever heard was. Um, I forget the how do I forget the name of it? It's a it was a song that he had a feature with Tim Timbaland, mm. and I forget the He's name. Not, I just want you to say yep. something. There you go. That was yeah. the first song that I think I heard, and that was maybe like when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if, like, you, if you go to YouTube, you can find uh, he that he does that he presents that live at the Axe Lounge back when Axe body spray was a big thing. Wow. You know you getting money when your girl that you used to be seeing comes into your new crib and her jaw just falls to the floor and you just go say something. Then he goes and he starts doing the song. It's crazy. Check that out on YouTube. I know it's up there somewhere. Wow. Yeah, I should definitely check that out. That's wild. That's my weird memory, bro. That's my weird huh. memory. But yeah, then it was like I got to college and then just started to explore more and start yep. listening to like other other artists and I mean geez I think like to this day right now I even have some artists that I probably like just as much as Drake mm-hmm. you know and I think like that was something that you know I kind of delved into in college I know I know Kendrick's on that list is there anyone else that I'm missing from that list uh, um, if so, like would there be any songs or tapes that you could directly link to you fall in love with him? Well, I don't know. There's something about um, Two Chains and like his most recent last two albums that he's made. Uh, one was recent, a few months ago, and then one was I want to say the fall of 2018, and it was the um, fall after I had graduated. Um, and there was something about that that. You know, I'd always liked him. I'd always, you know, found him to be interesting to listen to. But it was like, it wasn't until that album where I started to listen and like, whoa, like, he's really good and really talented and, you know, can also rap about things that are a lot more than just, you know, getting rich and things like that. And like, things like people would assume that's all what hip hop is about is, you know, guys bragging about how much they have, you know, how many how many you know women they can get with and stuff stuff like that cars um, clothes yep but it was like it kind of changed the way that i thought about him because he rapped about some things and i might get into you know a song later but like kind of changed the way that i thought about him like okay you know he really thinks about some things and is really you know deep about some of these things yeah man um you know it's interesting like childish gambino is always someone that i've gravitated towards in recent years um and it's funny because like that was someone that 
um, I remembered that my older brother was into. My older brother is a big hip hop head also. What? And so maybe, you know, I'm wondering if that's kind of where the hip hop came from, maybe subconsciously that I knew that he listened to stuff like that. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, who is the person or people in your life that would like that would give you the sauce like you would hang out with them and they would play like three or four records and you were like yeah I'm spinning those records for the next month <laughs> you know believe it or not you know and this might be interesting but there were two guys that I had lived next to my freshman year of college and they would play a lot of Kendrick stuff and this was before I was on to him, they would play Good Kid, Mad City, like, all the time. Yeah. They, I remember there was a song, uh, what the heck is this song? Oh, it's uh, Swimming Pools. They would play that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, looking up that song and, like, okay, you know, what what is this song? Mm-hmm. And then getting into it, and it was like, whoa, like, this is really good. So I might have some, you know, unnamed people to thank for that. Yeah, you might want to, you might want to buzz them a a dm say Um, thank you for being a tastemaker yeah um yeah you know i think that hip-hop kind of was always something that i delved into on my own it wasn't necessarily something that i like shared with other people um Mm -hmm. you know obviously i have good friends you know you included that love hip-hop um Mm -hmm. but it's kind of just like it was something that i just kind of like going into on my own and kind of figuring out what what i liked Mm mm-hmm um, but yeah, like I think in terms of favorite artists, you know, Drake and Kendrick and Jay-Z are definitely up there, you know, Eminem definitely is too, you know, just in terms of, you know, really good, you know, talented, talented people. This is, this is another kind of just jumping all over, but I think, I think you're, you're, we're on the same sheet of music here. The, the only Instagram challenge I can remember in my life, I mean, outside the ice bucket one, which was dope, but the only one that I can like remember that I really thought was fire was when people were posting like the five albums, like the Bill Clinton was holding the cassette yeah. tape of like the best albums that were the most formative. Yeah. Do you remember, and you don't have to be held to it, but do you remember like what albums you chose and um, why you chose those albums? Well, I know one of them was um, "To Pimp a Butterfly." Um, one of them, one of them definitely was "Damn." Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Yeah, those are the two that I can remember that were very like obvious. And then, in terms of Drake, it probably was um, "Take Care." But again, so you know, as I kind of would get into Drake kind of late. I listened to, I got into that album late, you know, I didn't do, listen to that whole album until I was a freshman in college, which is like way after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that was definitely something that, you know, I just listened to and took a lot in my freshman year. Cause you know, freshman year of college, you know, for anyone, you're taking a lot in. So much in. <laughs> and it was just something I could throw on and kind of just relax and be like, okay, I can kind of cool down after you know what kind of crazy stuff i get into during the day do you remember what specifically overstimulated you or was like an overload when you came in your freshman year i think it just was the just being overwhelmed by all of it just like being on my own going to classes having to keep track of that you know having to keep track of like trying to 
maintain relationships with people, people that I had met and, you know, trying to, you know, I don't know, get out as much as I could, try to meet people as much as I could. And it's just like, it just can be a lot and it just can be a lot like overwhelming and kind of stressful, you know, maybe not in a negative way, but like, whoa, this is a lot of stuff that, you know, you have to handle kind of all at once. And it was, yeah, good. And that album, you know, is something I could put on at the end of the day and just kind of decompress. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, like, to this day, like, I think it'd be literally easier for me to steal the Constitution, Nicolas Cage style, than sign up for another semester of classes. That's, like, the most needlessly difficult process that just does not have to be that difficult. What, college? Signing up for classes. Like, specifically, uh, like, choosing five courses to fit into your schedule and how they block them and your requirements and so on and so forth. Like that is just not, a, at least for at Providence, that was not a streamlined process. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was so lucky to have an advisor that, you know, walked me through so much of that and made it so easy that like, if I didn't get a class I wanted, Oh, no big deal. You know, we just do this, mm-hmm. you know? And it was like, not everyone has that experience. And I consider myself so lucky that my advisor, you know, not only was my advisor and, was a teacher of mine for a number of classes, but, you know, became someone that really became a close friend and someone I could go to, you know, if I had any type of, 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 of issues mm-hmm. and yeah, someone yeah, I could yeah. just talk to and just kind of shoot things off of. Yeah. Big, big breath of fresh life. Just like, just pro tip would be to one, get in close with your advisor. If that advisor is not kind of meeting your requirements, either, you know, find a mentor that's a teacher that will help you in that regard or, you know, switch, switch advisors, but you need to have a relationship with your advisors. You chart your academic journey. Um, not even talking about getting jobs and career stuff, but just simply picking classes. They know professors, they know what will be best for you. So, um, you know, get a little bit of the inside scoop, um, and, and, and be proactive with that. Knock on some doors, set some meetings, even if it's not just setting schedules, just, get to meet them and build that relationship. Yeah. So, so you're a familiar face and you know, with that familiar face, they'll, they'll move mountains for you if they have to. And I've definitely had times where professors have broken down doors to get me into classes that were full or um, maybe weren't meeting that semester, but they could get me the credit some other way. And um, definitely worthwhile to do. Yeah. And I would say, you know, definitely the two of us going to smaller schools, you know, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the opportunities for that, I think are much different than someone going to a larger school. But I still think that advice holds that like you can find, you know, someone, you know, someone that maybe is a mentor or even just a a teacher that just you can feel, feel comfortable with. That's a unique, I didn't even really think about that until you said that, but we both went to very small schools with a a, a staff to um, student ratio. That was such that we could kind of get that one-to-one attention. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, college was kind of a lot, but then, you know, going back to that Instagram thing, another thing that was fun was the like 30 day song challenge, which I did, mm-hmm. I think it was earlier this year, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it was during the, the summer or whatever. And that was a really fun thing to do to kind of go through some of those songs. And there are a lot of days where like, I looked at the day and I'm like, okay, I don't know which song because I have a number of songs that I would put for this day. That's a good problem to have. Um, so I yeah. remember your last one, the song that reminds that reminds you of yourself the most. 
Yeah, see, I have a hard, I have a hard time remembering that one. Sun comes down, chance the rapper. That that that's what I put. Mm -hmm. Huh. I didn't think I put it for that day, but you you definitely are right then. Yeah, get that weird memory. Man. You definitely get that weird memory. Um, <laughs> you know, I think definitely can touch on that song at a um, at another point. Um, I think one of the things that I like was interested in talking about is like, what is it about hip hop that like drew us to it? Um, mm -hmm. And so one of the things I thought of is there are a number of things that, you know, I was interested in, you know, and I think the first thing being that it was music that an older, an older sibling was into. And I was like, oh, okay, I kind of want to check this out. And um, I don't know, there's something and maybe this is weird, but there's something about the way that hip hop sounds that is just kind of unique to, to any other genre of music and just is always something that did become interesting to me. Um, uh, one of the things that, you know, we had talked about a few days ago even was kind of just the history of hip hop and how vast and kind of deep it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's something that I've always had a curiosity for. Um, and I've always, you know, tried to seek it out, whether I'm watching, you know, shows or, you know, reading stuff about certain groups or certain people. It's just something that has always been interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what about you? Is there something that kind of drew you to it? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> I think that like a like a creative person needs constraints. That and that sounds like an oxymoron, but like with within hip hop, like yeah, you can if it rhymes, if it's you know, you can tell any story. You can, you can make it storyteller. You can make it an ignorant song. You can make it about anything, but the constraint is the beat. So it's 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 a looped beat. The drums are so that. They're hitting on the same beats, and you have your space to play, and you have to stay in cadence, um, and you have to follow a certain type of pattern, um, and the flow that you bring to that, and the words and the stories that you bring to that are completely up to you. And I always love that. Uh, I love that people, especially in rap, like you look at Nas's first album, you look at Jay Z's first album, you look at a lot of people's first album, and what are they saying? Like, <clears throat> you look at the game's first album. I mean, you could go on and on. You look at Kid Cudi's first album, like they're really just telling the story of, of their life from zero to 18 or from zero to 16. They're telling stories that they genuinely lived in, yeah. that they experienced, and they are giving you a look into their Kendrick Lamar's first album, into their life in such a way that it's like you feel like you're sitting in the room. Yeah. And as a, as a, as a white kid from a suburb of Massachusetts, mm -hmm. like being able to have that insight and to see these things, um, was just like fascinating to me. I just couldn't even believe it. And then, um, I mean, also like just the lifestyle, like you look like the Jim Jones videos, like you see what they're doing. And it's also just like so dope. So yeah. I would say, you know, the creativity you could do with it, the, the, the style, but then also just the honesty, the raw honesty and the storytelling that you can tell within those, yeah. within those bars is just endless. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, it was, I think it was great that you touched on the, the storytelling thing, because that's one of my favorite things. And that's why I love, you know, certain rappers the way that I do, because they're able to frame a story in a certain way. And, you know, it's just, it's just so fascinating to hear about, you know, a lot of these rappers and how they came up and, you know, how difficult it often was for, for them and, and their families. And, you know, 
I just, I don't want to say, like, I enjoy listening to it, but it just is interesting to list, listen to other people's life experiences and, you know, how different they, they, they might be and, you know, how a lot of these artists have had to struggle for a lot of what they have. Um, you know, that it was like, I really have no other options, you know, to just do this and kind of put my heart into it. And it's like, I think we all have passions and we all have things that we love in our lives, but like, I don't know if like there, there's anyone on the planet that like puts in the amount of like passion into something like hip hop music. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just is always something that is, that is interested. That's fascinated me. Yeah. I mean, I just think that rap's potential as far as like no longer being directly tied to the radio because the radio had so much say in what got pressed out and what was a radio hit. I think that decentralizing rap through streaming music is going to be such an injection of just allowing, you know, the fans and the artists to directly interact. Um, and they can make their money through tours and through sponsorships and stuff like that. And not Mm -hmm. necessarily the radio plays. Um, I think that the, the, no one, no genre benefits more from, the destabilization of radio than rap in my opinion um so i know that we've spent a lot of time on this talking about rap and hip-hop but as far as you know you saying that you listened to a lot of it when you were younger what exactly are you listening to now Mm -hmm. you know has that genre changed yeah 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 that's a good question so i would say like at the core of like my musical being would be like 103.3 all these one going back to the car in the radio all these 103.3 you know in the car with my, with my dad listening to classic rock and then my older cousin played a lot of like heavy metal acdc and edm mm-hmm. um, my neighbors played a lot of rap you know my older brother played the killers a lot green day jack's mannequin um so uh, you know, uh, one of my older neighbors played Red Hot Chili Peppers all the time. Um, so it's, you know, Blink-182 is right there. So really, I'm all over the place. And rap was something that I liked. But, like, everyone around me was playing so much music and I was around so much art that, like, I just kind of loved everything outside of country until much later in my life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what I'm listening to now is just a mod podge of everything. It's kind of what I'm feeling. I'm listening to a lot of... um I listen to like I'm just listening to a lot of like listen to Travis Scott a lot today, but I mean I'm spinning everything, man. Um, mm. Uzi, uh, you know, rumors, you know. I mean I'm listening to I'm all over the place, but um, man of the people, man. Whatever whatever people are playing, I'm usually listening to. Huh. Cool, whatever. That that's really interesting. Yeah, and it, but if you if you put me with like six people, I'll like look around the room, take a head count of like what they generally want to hear. And I'll give them a flavor that they're looking for. Huh. So I was with like some like pretty like um like mad cool but like with more earthy crunchy people this weekend. I was like sweet like roll my indie my indie favorites. You know what I'm saying? We're getting some, we're getting we're getting some uh you know some some ukulele guitar. We're getting some you know some 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 high collapse and stuff like that. And that's where how we're gonna get down. If me and you were in the car. We're gonna break out some 2008 Drake and we're gonna spin it from there. <laughs> I'm kind of a mirror, if you were, to whoever I'm with, as far as musically. That is that is so interesting. Yeah. Huh. 
wow, I feel like I never really knew knew that about you, that you're just kind of whatever. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah. I played piano. I mean, I played piano for like six years, trumpet okay. for four years, so, you know, rap for a couple of years, so. Uh, huh. love, love myself me some music, man. Yeah, that's that's so neat, you know. One of the things I just, I just love about music is it just kind of brings people together, but it also just means certain things to certain people. Oh, yeah. You know, whether I mean, it's just listening and just kind of vibing, I guess, if, if you will, um, mm -hmm. or just, you know, yeah, it just means so much to so many different people. I mean, I love back in the day, like, how they would, like, burn, like when you were, like, trying to court someone, you would, like, burn them a CD. Yeah, like that makes so much sense. Like as a teenager, they're like, "How do you get through someone?" It's like, well, let's just show them what, like, either a song that says how I feel about them, or like show them what I think is dope. It's like yeah. that makes so much sense to me. Yeah, that's so funny. Just like even just mentioning burning CDs and just like how much of a thing that was, you know, in like the early two thousands. Oh my god! Like I remember, I went to a friend's house in like fourth grade, and they like showed me how to burn music and so we just like made a, a like a, a cd of like a bunch of my favorite songs mm -hmm. so this is like before itunes even existed mm -hmm. and like that's how you did it is you just burn cds and i was like what is this this is wild yeah. just yeah. like broke my brain like how it worked yeah yeah i remember um limewire and like youtube to mp3 yeah those those were definitely staples for me as far as getting well well yeah. I shouldn't be incriminating myself too much but that was the uh, that was the flow if you would yeah that was that was the motion of getting um, through the fact that I had no income at the age of ten mm -hmm. to finance these uh, these music uh, LA's yeah so you know I think in terms of other genres for me it really just was pop and kind of hip hop you know and. It kind of always was hip hop, and then really it wasn't until, you know, maybe a few years ago, even at Res, that I started to kind of listen to other like kind of pop music and kind of get back into that. Um, so, you know, camp is always a fun place to be able to play music. You know, obviously appropriate music, as 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 we all know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll also like that's one big thing for like the staff is like the Arrowhead slideshow song. Yeah. Keith would, could speak on that for days, but that's Absolutely. a huge thing is, is each, each staff, like one ahead, you put up a, a song for the slideshow and you'll put up like two or three and depending on timing or depending on lyrics or depending on, you know, whatever criteria they're looking to fit, they'll pick one song and, and you know, that's the song that goes live for the slideshow. And yeah. that's a huge challenge within itself because how can you find a song that says the words that, encapsulates you know how you feel about that place it's such a challenge mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think even just like as crazy as this sounds even just like singing camp songs you know just as like a whole nother thing that just is you know just you know a form of music and a form of something that just is like super super special um, do i do something crazy yeah bro i don't this is crazy but i really don't sing in the circles anymore have you noticed that uh not really i'll be honest i don't there's Dude, just so, so much going on in the circles yeah and that's the thing is 
not, I don't think a single person has noticed that like the 70 person, you know, volunteers, camper staff yeah. is like, there's so much going on that like I get too fired up. I'll be screaming like a madman mm. and I lose my voice and I just cannot communicate for the rest of the week. It happened like the first four years I was on, I was like volunteering a couple of years I was on staff and I was like, I'm just going to try to not sing and see what happens. Stop getting sick. Stop losing my voice. Best in-game adjustment I've ever made in my in my res career. I just dance and just yeah. like make faces. No one notices. Yeah, I mean, you probably don't want to incriminate yourself too much. <laughs> you know? Dude, you know how like LeBron James has to like save energy throughout the game and he like will like walk back during free throws? That's like my energy conservation yeah. method. So yeah, it's, it, it's a camp version of load management. Yeah, it's literally load management. It's literally, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like in those circles, it's just there's so much going on. There's there's so much going on. People are moving. People are, are singing. It's like, it's, 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 it's like overwhelming at a certain point. Oh, I mean, it's, it's literally berserk. I mean, if you think about the, the purpose of circles, like you have the opening, opening circle, which is essentially like, Everyone's just getting pumped up for the day. Yeah. The midday circle is low-key needed so that staff can set up the at least the day camp, the special event. Um, and then the afternoon one is like just to, just to really put a huge exclamation point on the day. But, dude, like I always kind of felt like – I felt like from like 2012 to like 2015, like we were kind of in like a rut in the midday circle. We weren't really sure what to do with it. And um, dude, bringing in halftime was like, I'm not even sure if they still do it, but when we did halftime, I loved that so much. Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely I do. Oh, dude, halftime was huge. I love that. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like what we're listening to now, is that still like what what you just mentioned a few minutes ago? Is that pretty much still what it is? Just kind of yeah. a smattering of everything. Yeah, like rock, uh, pop, rap, indie. Yeah, media. Kind of all over the place. Yeah. So one of the things I was going to mention, one of the things that I kind of was looking forward to talking about was um, kind of like my change in the type of hip hop that I like to listen to. And it's not like, Oh, I've stopped listening to this and started listening to this. It's kind of more, I've found more stuff that I like. Um, and one of the things recently is like, or in the last maybe couple of years is like finding music that's super like low key and just like, you know, is good to listen to if you're trying to relax. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of artists that I've kind of fell into, in the last couple of years are like Frank Ocean, um, Party Next Door, um, even like Joey Badass to, uh, to, uh, to, to an extent. Um, just music that I like listening to or stuff that that sounds like soulful or just sounds, you know, quiet and stuff that I really enjoy listening to. I love that. Um, you know, and sometimes it's about content, you know, I do like listening to certain people because of the content that they'll that 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 they'll bring, or just because I, I like them for whatever reason. But it's just interesting to like find new stuff that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been someone that you know 
I kind of just tend to listen to the same music that I like that I listen to is just kind of the same stuff over and over. But, you know, that's just kind of how, how I like it, I guess. You know, everyone has their own way of listening to music, you know, whether it's you listening to a bunch of different things or me just kind of staying in the hip hop lane, but trying to find, you know, other avenues with, within that. Um, so I was curious if you had written down anything about certain songs or, you know, certain like groupings of, of bars that you think are like, you know, me meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I can just pull that up real quick. <clears throat> um, so right around, um, when I turned like 20 to 21, I was really like in like this kind of like deep analysis of myself. And I was like, what music and what songs are the most representative of who I am. And like, um, and I think to the, to this day, like I haven't moved any songs out of this list, but it's called pre camp. And it's what I listen to the most. And it's like one man can change the world. Big Sean, which is like clearly like one of my life mottos bigger than me, which I still use like as my most recent caption talking about camp. Like that's kind of how I feel. Like, mm -hmm. I fit into kind of my role there. Memories by Big Sean, Love Yours, Jake Holt, Build a Home, The Cinematic Orchestra, um, Man on the Moon, you know, John Bellion's One Way to, to San Diego, Ultralight Beam, like, very, you know, songs that I feel like kind of hit the, hit, the, hit, the, hit the nail on the head for what I'm trying to convey. So all those songs kind of um, are big drivers for, for my life, and, mm -hmm. and I think they have literally catapulted me through my life yeah hmm. well it's interesting you know maybe our songs are kind of similar just in kind of that sort of way but i think like one of the things that i you know always you know or maybe as a common theme for songs that i've written down here is just a lot of good feeling and just feeling good about who you are and kind of who who you, who you have around you and just like ways to just kind of keep pushing, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, One Man Can Change the World. That's a definitely a song that I've listened to and definitely, you know, paid attention to um, certain bars and just like a lot of it's stuff that is relatable, you know, whether it's exactly what a song is saying or if it's kind of different. Mm -hmm. um, So yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is like big, long, you know, groups of bars um, that I've written down. So one of them, you know, I'll delve into Kendrick Lamar and kind of just my love for his storytelling and the way that he can, you know, you know, say something and frame a story. And so this is from, um, this is from Duckworth, which is a song from Damn, which he released in uh, 2017. And so this song is a lot about talking about um, just kind of like how, how his life came to be. It's a lot about his dad. Um, and he's talking about a certain situation here where um, essentially it was, um, sorry, so it's like a whole lot of stuff. So I'm trying to like figure out the best way to summarize this. Um, and so he basically tells us, so I'm not going to tell the exact story, but it basically is like, he talks about a certain incident in this song and then talks about how years later, these two people that were like involved in, in this incident, he brought them back together and like reminded them about, oh, you know, this is how like 
or or this is like how they came became like involved in it and so he's like oh like you know reminding the two people about this certain incident and then talking about you know if this incident had gone another way you know would he even be here you know how how different would his would his life be um you know would he still have a father you know what what would his like how how different would his life look if you know this incident had gone another way um and it's just so like fascinating to hear him you know talk about this and he does this in various other songs you know telling any type of story and it just is like something that just kind of amazes me um I'm trying to think if there's another song like that of his. Um, and maybe there's not that I've written down, but they're just a lot of different songs. And um, it was definitely hard for me to kind of like pinpoint a certain song um, where storytelling just is something that jump, jump, jumps right out at me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, transfer, transformational bars transformational albums all those things are, are very unique to the person and yet you know you look at some of how Kendrick Lamar's you know work is received and while well, you start to extrapolate you know those that are personally beloved you know pieces of work I mean, just awesome you know, transformational stuff mm -hmm. um, another another song that you know means a lot to me or I listen to a lot when I'm in moments of kind of like, I don't want to say personal crisis because that sounds a little bit extreme, but like anytime I'm, you know, struggling and, you know, thinking about, you know, a certain situation, Mortal Man is a song that I put on all the time. Um, and it's basically a song that, you know, and he repeats this line many times and says, um, when shit hit the fan, is you still a fan? Um, and that line just is something that kind of sticks with me. And so basically it's a play on words, basically, where it's like when, you know, shit hits the fan, you know, like, like that phrase, you know, is someone still going to be there with you? Someone's still going to be a fan. And, you know, basically the whole song is about that, where it's like, you know, if, you know, shit hits the fan in someone's life and maybe they do something wrong or they have make a mistake you know are you still going to be there with that person and you know it's one of the things that i think for us kind of normal people listening to it it's not that crazy but then it's like you consider you know what that means for for kendrick even where it's like being you know having a lot of fame and a lot of success you know can sometimes be a negative and um he even makes a an example in this song where um, and it's a perfect example of kind of what that, what that line is, is, you know, he talks about whether, um, you know, if he, or he says, he says something to the effect of like, if the government wanted him dead and planted like cocaine or, you know, drugs in his car, you know, and, you know, people found out about that, you know, what, what would be your first reaction? Would it be, oh, would you still see him as a person or would you see him as like a, a druggie or a drug head, as he says. And, you know, it's just a lot of the song is just about that, where it's like, you know, if I did something, you know, would, would you judge me? You know, and it's just something that that song is just so interesting. And then, um, 
he's able to do this amazing thing where he, um, I think, changes like audio in an, in an interview with Tupac that Tupac had done years before in the 90s, maybe a, like a radio interview. And so Kendrick kind of like, I think, takes clips from that interview and then makes it sound like he's actually asking him questions. Um, and that is just something that blows my mind. And even just like what they talk about at the end of the song is just really amazing. And it's something that I think everyone should go listen to. And whether, you know, you're a hip hop person or not, it's just is so interesting to hear the two of them, you know, basically it sounds like Kendrick is interviewing him. And so it's just so, so interesting and so fascinating. So a lot of his a lot of his music really has like resonated with me and there are a couple of other songs where, you know, he raps about some things that I find, you know, super, super, super relatable. Um and, you know, things things that I think about all the time. Um and there's a there's a set of lyrics that like um I've s I, I send to you all the time and it's from, you know, Sing About Me. I'm dying of thirst, and that song is just so special to me because of, you know, these these bars. And you know, I send you, I send you this all the time. You know, when I'm feeling, you know, happy and just kind of grateful about my life. And um, so this is like part of the bar that he says: um, "Look at the weak and cry. Pray one day you'll be strong, fighting for your rights even when you're wrong." And hope that at least one of you sing about me when I'm gone. Am I worth it? Did I put enough work in? Um, and that's just, that's something that, uh, it's, it's hard for me to even read without even like getting kind of emotional just because it, it's so special to me. And it's just like something that I think about that, you know, when I ultimately, you know, pass on, like what is going to be the story? What's going to be the, the thing that people like remember me most about? Um, and so that just there, there's a lot of his songs and kind of bars that are just really kind of hit home for me. Um, yeah. That is, that is the ultimate question too. How will you be remembered? Right. That's what everyone thinks about, or, you know, at least they should be thinking about is what's the mark they're going to leave behind. And, Kendrick kind of nails it in that song. Mm-hmm. song. Very intricate. Two storylines within a song, and that's where he comes out with it at the end. It's very, very poignant. Mm-hmm. Trying to think if they're trying to find another song. Um, oh, and so this is the last Kendrick Lamar song that I wrote down. Um, and so this is from God. Um, so the lines he says, um, everything life is a gamble, nothing in life I can't handle. Seen it all, done it all, felt pain more. Um, what else does he say? Yeah, and so, you know, those are lines that I feel like I've, I've really, I can relate to because I feel like, you know, me and my life, I've gone through a lot. And, you know, again, you know, this is totally different from, you know, what people rap about or talk about in their songs, but um, I just feel like I've I've gone through a lot and I can kind of relate to that, um, you know, and it's just something about hip-hop that it's just like you can 
relate to something even though you might not know exactly the the scenario mm-hmm. um so moving on to drake you know there are kind of some meaningful bars here that um you know kind of like describe my life a little bit you know are kind of relatable um so in pound cake paris morton music too so this is on uh, nothing was the same um this is at the like literally at the very end of the song he talks about um you know um rapping with someone and you know he says over beats that i shouldn't have in the hopes for the glory um he's talking about lil wayne he walked right past in the hallway three months later i'm his artist he probably wouldn't remember that story and so um a thing that you know with with all those bars it reminds me of um when i got the opportunity to um intern with the um, Notre Dame website and I was able to kind of write for different sports games you know it was something where it was like it all happened so quick the opportunity for me happened so quickly and it was like whoa you know how fast can can your life change in a in, in a span of some months where you know I kind of didn't know where I was going in terms of my career and I find this opportunity and it you know change change the course of my of my career and you know it just is like i think he's in this situation he's talking about you know how he got started and how he was able to you know get noticed by someone and it's like life is all about opportunities you know and if the right person hears it or if the right person gets involved you know you can do something that totally totally changes your life yeah um and so those, you know, group of bars, like, definitely is what I'm thinking about when I'm listening to it. Um, and then he says at the very end, I, I guess that's just who I became. Nothing was the same. And it's just, just like, I think about those lines all the time where it's just like, you know, something happens to kind of change the way you think. And it's like, I guess that's who I became. Um, that it's, you know, nothing was the same. Oof. Yes, sir. Um, Dog. For me, it's it's the it's it's uh, um, over my dead body. Mm-hmm. That first, that when that those first couple bars that comes out there, right? I think I killed everybody in the game last year, man. Fuck it, I was on though, and I thought <laughs> I met the girl in my dreams at the strip club. Fuck it, I was wrong though. Right, you go through that, right? That's the opening line that I hear and take care. And I go, what did this guy just say? Yeah. Oh, my God. Pray for all my people living tax-free nowadays. It's six figures when they tax me. Oh, well, I guess you lose some and win some. As long as the outcome is income. Yeah, just, you know, I want it all. And then some shout-out to Asian Girls Like Lives, dim sum. It's just like crazy fucking start. And then, so then he starts out Tuscan Leather. Right, and he, he starts killing it on that track too. First, the first one to uh, nothing was the same, and it starts like it started like a movie or something, and and you know he switches it halfway in, and that's a huge thing that he was into back in the day. But um, those opening title tracks to me were everything. I mean, mm-hmm. they were everything. And then you, you know, I mean, I like he definitely just just struck a nerve. But um, yeah, I mean, he is just such a tastemaker for sure. Um, I would say, like, the beginning of his albums, but then also the ends. Like, mm-hmm. he knows how to start, and he knows how to finish, and um, one of my favorite songs is Do Not Disturb, which is the end of, um, 
more life, right? Yeah. Um, and that that album was you know special for me because it came at a an interesting time for me. It was kind of the tail end of my junior year um, when I had kind of a trio of hospital stays, um, and so yeah. this one came out in March. You know, after I you know had come back again, and it just was something I could listen to, and I was excited to listen to it. And then, you know, I listened to Do Not Disturb, which is that last song. And, you know, that's a song like I mentioned, you know, talking about Kendrick and Sing About Me. This is another song that going through these bars is just like so emotional because I just remember how I was feeling, you know, at that time. Um, and this is something that I put on an Instagram caption at the end of the junior year. Um, and he says, saw a side of myself that I just never knew. I'll probably self-destruct if I ever, if I ever lose, but I never do. And, um, yeah, just means, means a lot. that I, you know, just remember how much I was going through at the time, and... that I, you know, at, at times I honestly... I, I honestly didn't know if I was going to get through it, and, you know, I, I found something in myself that I just really started to kind of appreciate life a lot more, and... I kind of appreciate the the special people that I have in my life. Um, and so, you know, there's something that, that I think about a lot, you know, if I'm feeling like upset about something and I just remember, you know, how I was able to get through that. And, you know, it's something that I'll, I'll definitely carry with me the rest, the rest, rest of my life, really. Um, So, you know, that's a song that definitely means means a lot to me too. Um, trying to think of, I think that was it. Those were really the only two songs that I could think about. Maybe there isn't another one. Yeah, that's all. That's all. I probably, I mean, saw a side of myself that I just never knew. I probably self destruct if I ever lose, but I never do. And clearly, that's like the braggadocious. If, but I never do. But I mean. You know, at least in my life, I also took on a very large personal failure around that time. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking about that line as like it double hit me like a dagger because I had lost and I had never really lost before in my life. And so I was in that self-destruction, you feel? So it wasn't mm-hmm. so much a health thing, but it was like that mental state where I had to wear my first loss maybe in my life publicly. And it was like, oof, like that stung. Mm-hmm. badly as far as someone who's never really been in the loss column yeah. in his entire life. I mean, that was such a line that was like just crazy to me too, probably for vastly different reasons. And I remember how much it caught you, how much that line caught you when you were going through your go through. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, well, we're looking at this so differently. And of course that's why Drake is where he's at. Cause so many people can, you know, overlay their story onto his experiences. And, you know, that's what makes him, you know, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, you know, going through that experience or those experiences, 
kind of changed who I was and made me realize that, hey, you know, this this can all be taken away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you if you don't appreciate what you have, you know, you're going to you're going to leave this place and it's, you know, you're going to leave it in a way that, you know, you're going to be upset that you're going to be upset at the way the way that you left it. Um, time. Was so, time. Just was something that I consider that, you know, hey, I can, you know, appreciate the people that I have in my life and, you know, things may not be going the way that I want them to and, you know, but, you know, you can still appreciate what, what you have. Um, so going into kind of continuing on to the, you know, bars that mean a lot, um, Chance the Rapper is someone that I do enjoy listening to every once in a while, um, with some of his songs that just, you know, hit, you know, so hard in terms of, you know, relatability and just, you know, even for example, a song like, do you remember, you know, he's talking about the summertime and it's like, that means exactly, you know, res and big res. And that's all I think about when I listen to that song um, and how much it means. Um, but then he also has a couple of other songs that I'll mention. So Sun Come Down, obviously, you know, Andrew, you had mentioned that a little while ago. Um, but then another song that is kind of, you know, touched me in an interesting way was We Go High, where um, he's talking about certain situations where, you know, things didn't go his way, but he talks about, you know, we go high, you know, that, you know, some people will go low, some people might take the low road, but you take the high road. And um, I've never been particularly lucky in terms of, you know, meeting someone, you know, in terms of, you know, being in relationships. But um, one of the things that he says here, um, and I forget where the line is, but it's probably some point in the beginning. Um, he says, I ain't going to promise that the pain go away. You can take your sweet time, but she ain't going to wait because a new coat of paint don't make the stain go away, but he go high. Um, and so I feel like I related to that in, in a way because I think that they're, um, at a certain point, um, you know, I was interested in someone, but then I kind of just let it go because I realized that, you know, this person means so much to me in terms of you know, friendship and just kind of where we've been. And it's made me realize that, hey, like, maybe relationships are not as important as I think that they are, you know, and it's more about, you know, the friends that you have and the people that, you know, you appreciate, whether, you know, they're your friends or they're, you know, romantic interests, but it's like, you appreciate who you have, you know, no matter what. And um, that's something that definitely touched me in a way that I didn't expect. Um, that was like, okay, you know, let's take the high road. You know, things may not have turned out the way that you wanted to, but, you know, you still feel thankful that you have that person in your life. For sure. Um, yeah. And then sun come down, you know, yeah, this is another song that I probably will get emotional talking about, but, um, you know, chance in the very beginning, you know, and this is like, even the chorus, he says, I let the sun come down without letting you know exactly what I mean, exactly what you mean to me. And, you know, I think about that a lot where, um, do I, you know, can I make sure that I tell the right people how much they mean to me, you know, and how, you know, tell them as often as I can, because you never know when you might not be able to tell someone that. And it's something that, you know, definitely just sticks with me that, 
you know, I want to tell people like exactly, exactly what they need or exactly what they mean to me. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention the other two lines because I think I'm going to get way too emotional um, in the song. Dude, I just thought that was so crazy when I am going through your music thing about this and that and then the one the, the song that reminds me most of myself and it was like your kind of message to the world and it was boom I was so kind without telling you exactly how I feel and you might never know boom and then the song starts I go oh my I've never heard the song before all the, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and I'm just like oh my god like that's crazy that's the message that you wanted to put out to the world and you felt mm-hmm. like embody the message that you were most most trying to get out i just thought that was so crazy man i thought that was phenomenal and um, really insightful to who you are and how much you care about the people around mm-hmm. you exactly who you are as a person pretty much down to a tease is someone who cares about others who is giving who is caring and who is loving it it really kind of um was a bullseye as far as a song that does kind of encapsulate who you are um one of the other lines he shares is um I just want to make sure my words touch you. Pinky swear and kiss it. Promise no one will hush you. Um, and yeah, you know, I think you put it perfectly. It's like, I often think about, you know, my message to, to other people is, you know, if you listen to the things that I say and you appreciate it, then, you know, that's awesome. But, you know, yeah, I, I really can't get through the rest of that thought. Um, but you know, just that song is, is, is really special to me. Um, just about kind of what it means for me and, you know, yeah. (laughs) Um, one last little thing I did want to touch on, um, in terms of like, you know, bars that have a lot of meaning and, you know, stuff that makes, makes you think when you listen to it, um, in a two chain song called forgiven this is the first song off of the um rapper go to the league i think is the name of the album and this is the first song and so this you know hit me like crazy and i can't relate to it necessarily but um at the end of the song you know after the rapping he kind of just says a bunch of a bunch of lines that really hit me and he says um i don't know who need to hear this but if you're doing something to make your parents have to bury you, you may want to slow down. Everything got a consequence, whether good or bad. Um, and then he goes on to say, you don't get another life. This ain't no practice life. Um, and just, I think, not something I can relate to, but it's like, I'm hoping that like pe- people who listen to that, um, you don't really need to listen to that, hear that and you know think about, okay, am I really doing the best thing for me right now? You know, and I think that there's a lot of people in the world that maybe need to understand that, you know, second line about, you know, this, you only get one life, you know, this is, this isn't a practice life. Like everything is a consequence and it's just, um, something that I've always, you know, thought, thought of. Absolutely. Um, any other songs or um, bars that are you know interest that are you know important to you? 
yeah, the outro to, to, to Love by Nipsey Hussle. Because I'm out here on a mission and I'm all alone. I'm far from where I'm going and I'm far from home. Somehow I know I'm moving in the right direction. My mama always told me I was going to be special. And then he goes, you know, the marathon continues. I always kind of felt like that was, you know, my favorite kind of stanza from, from Nipsey Hussle. And uh, I, I did always love that. Yeah, for sure. But there's a bunch of them. But, you know, they kind of come and go. And sometimes you hear them after a while. You've heard them. You go, okay, yeah, that's why I love that song. I'm like, yeah, that's it right there. Like, that's that's my that's my story right there and they can put words to things that you, you can't really voice and then when you hear it you're like yeah that's it right there mm-hmm. that's the power of music man yeah yeah absolutely um trying to think of any other um but yeah there are a couple of kendrick lamar songs on on damn that i think are important to me you know maybe it's just me about thinking about the world and thinking about like damn, I wish more people kind of thought about it this way. Um, and he has a number of songs on that album, and I think that it was created in a time where a lot of people were kind of not really sure what was going on in the world. Um, you know, and, you know, he talks about, on a song called Lust, um, talks about um, basically how, like, there were a lot of people that he knew that, you know, tuned into the news the day that Trump won, and kind of kind of were hoping that 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 wasn't true but then it was like after it people just went back to doing what they usually do and a lot of what that song is about is like you go through like he talks about going through a daily routine you do this you do that but then you keep doing the same thing and you know talks about how you know and maybe it's kind of a larger point about we as americans you know we have something really bad that happens we talk about it, we, you know, you know, he says, parade the streets with your voice. And, you know, it's like, how many times have we seen that where it's like this, it's this vicious cycle of things happening where something bad happens, people speak out about it, people send up thoughts and prayers, but then we just go back to our daily, daily routines. Um, You know, and that's a song that, you know, you might listen to it and not really think that that's what the song is about um, that you might think that it's more of like a sexual me- meaning, I guess, for the song. But it's like it's way more than that. It's just like people kind of going through stuff, but then just going back to the same way that they've always done things. Right. Um, there's another song that you know he kind of encapsulates America. Really, it's. Um, triple x featuring u2 i think it is where u2 is like in it because of like some sample that maybe he uses um and you know talks about america i don't really want to get into it because it's kind of really heavy bars um but i mean there there is one part where he does talk about um kind of gun gun violence in a way where you know he talks about you know, someone being killed and then getting angry that like, okay, I swear if anyone touches someone in my family, you know, someone's going to get killed. And then he goes off on a tangent like that. And then it's like stops and he's like, all right, kids, we're going to talk about gun control. And it's like, how much of a vicious cycle is that in our country where, you know, there's all kinds of this crazy stuff, but then it's like, oh, wait, we have to, you know, talk about this where it's like, 
all kinds of craziness and then you have to kind of just stop and just kind of like try to yeah it's just it's just crazy for sure um well wow i think that that segment was was pretty pretty wild talking about you know songs and bars that mean a lot to us so um i'd like to think that you know we can continue this conversation on a on a later podcast but this was uh really special to share this you know music episode oh man it was a long time coming it was a long time coming but uh i'm happy that we did it so uh quickly before before we say goodbye um obviously we have not seen each other in a few weeks um you know sharing about the one positive thing and you know pretty hard to choose one thing but you know if there's something that andrew you can think of that something positive or maybe something unexpected or something that brought brought you a lot of joy yeah i got a i got a i got a great old-fashioned weird answer here um well i'll just say the cliche answer around this time of year it was you know fun having you know the family all here on christmas and just getting to spend time with family around the holidays um is always just something that i look forward to christmas eve christmas you know new year is just always a fun time of year so it was really fun to be able to share some time with my older brother, my younger brother, Carter. He's still home. So it's good to, good to spend time with, with the family. Family man. All right. You want to tell your weird story? <laughs> well, thank you, family man, Garrett. Um, um, no, I'm kidding. I love that. Um, my here's it's just so weird so i'm so happy to share it so i work out in the morning with mike langan mike langan's little brother ryan and jonathan tissue my old college roommate well mikey wasn't there this morning and sissue was there but you know classic sissue but ryan it was mike's little brother started working out with us like i don't know maybe around like march april and like works his tail off and anyway he was squatting today and the kid is just strong as he's ever been he's like just completely owning the challenge like crushing it just like his older brother and i was like literally so proud of him today like he was just getting he's never been as strong as he is now and he works so damn hard and like he was like talking trash this morning and like getting everyone fired up but i was just driving home i'm like damn like he is on right now and you know, as, as, you know, in working out, but with anything, like when you see people around you doing really well, you're just like, that's dope. And so I was really happy to see that he's, he's a great kid and uh, he definitely deserves it. And yeah, he's popping right now. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> that's good to hear. Um, but yeah, I think that probably wraps it up for us for, for episode 14. Uh, follow, follow the podcast on Twitter uh, if you want. Um, and yeah, we hope to get, uh, Brenna Keith back with us next, next time we record. Um, Andrew, this was a really fun uh, episode to record. Hope you had, hope you had a good time. Likewise, man. All right. So we will talk to you. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys when, when we talk to you, have a good, have a good, uh, rest of your 2020 and happy new year, everyone. And happy holidays.